Episode 3 of Rank and Review. My name is Larry Parsons. I'm your host and random Canadian. Rank and Review is a show where I force my friends to rank six movies from their least favorite to their favorite. And this week, we're looking at Bugs. Yes, my good friend Karen Giese, who has a lot to say on Bugs, uh, because she's very well educated on the topic, uh, will rank and review six creepy crawly movies. Well, Okay, let's be fair, five creepy crawly movies and one movie, so I guess on the topic of the danger of crazy people dating. Uh, there's some mild spoilers and some coarse language here and there, but we're all adults here. Please enjoy episode three of Rank and Review. Okay. Um, I've got Karen Giese in my, in my garage recording episode three of Rank and Review, and I'm very excited. Um, and we were watching, we were talking about six movies on the subject of bugs. And why did I choose you on the subject of bugs? Because I love me some bugs. <laughs> How much do you love you some bugs? <laughs> I love me bugs so much. I actually got a, a master's degree in uh, parasitology, which is the study of parasites. Very nice. Creepy, creepy. <laughs> uh, I've known you for... Uh, ten years, maybe yeah. some some change. About ten years. We yeah. we were in the service industry together. <laughs> Everyone loves it. And uh, K two, as I call you, I still yes. call you. It was always good when you were working. <laughs> it was like I'm good, a friendly, a friendly, <laughs> someone to help weather the storm. Um, so yeah, we got. I made you watch these six movies right here. Actually, can I ask for your unvarnished opinion on something? Sure. <laughs> unvarnished. You, unvarnished. Do you, what do you think of the opening? I like it. Yeah? It's creepy. With the kids? Yes. Because I can just do the music part, or I could, like, make the kids' voices sound creepier, but for some reason, when I layered them together, I felt like it was just... Uh, it was good. Anyway. And just as a point of interest, varnish actually comes from a type of beetle. Oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> do you see? You're cool. You, uh, yes. uh, you were digging around in the Arctic looking at frozen ecosystems and stuff like this? Yeah, looking for parasites in uh, foxes and rodents, lemmings. See, if anyone ever says you're not cool, throw that piece of information <laughs> yes. at them. Suck <laughs> on that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Anyway, the six movies we're talking about. Uh, Mimic, from popular director, at least in my books, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, and starring Mira Suvino, who I hear you are not a big fan of. Super not a fan of Mira. <laughs> uh, William Friedkin's adaptation of the stage play Bug, with Ashley Judd. I will reserve comment. Okay, all right, we'll keep it quiet. The David Cronenberg remake, and I think kind of a masterpiece, <laughs> The Fly. <laughs> David Cronenberg, 
generally awesome, <laughs> except when he is in it. Oh yeah, not an actor. Please not don't an act actor. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Arachnophobia from 1990, Frank Marshall's first directing. He was like a producer for Steven Spielberg, and then he made that and Alive and a couple other movies. Oh, Alive was good. Yeah, but but awful. That's the one in the Andes? Yeah. Yeah. It was good, but awful. But sandwich. <laughs> uh, Infestation, which is a, a movie that very few people have seen, but I think probably more should. <laughs> That's just my opinion. <laughs> I agree. And, of course, the classic Eight-Legged Freaks, starring such-and-such such Arquette. Um yeah, uh, I know, I know, I know the bags been spilled for me that at least one of these movies was a disastrous experience <laughs> for you. One of the worst experiences and wastes of time ever. <laughs> I'm terribly, terribly sorry. As I'm you should be. Sorry. You believe. shouldn't subject that. You shouldn't, like, force that on anybody. <laughs> you gotta believe, Rude. though. Uh, people have been asked to watch worse movies. <laughs> I'm actually, as a rule, okay with bugs. Yay, bugs. I'm not a fan of mosquitoes, I'm not going to lie. Mosquitoes are kind of pointless, except to transmit disease. Uh, I have a size thing with bugs, though. Mm. After a certain size, when it gets to, like, crab size or hand size or more, I start to lose the interest and the (laughs) fear level starts to go up significantly. But that's when they get the coolest. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were like the micro bugs. I do like the micro bugs, but I also... Beetles, in general, are my favorite. There's millions of different kinds. Yeah. I love them. You They're love? so pretty. <laughs> They're so pretty. And weevils, they've got this like long nose with little little antenna coming off the ends of their noses. They're so cute. <laughs> oh my god. So uh did any of these movies particularly speak to your love of bugs? I mean most of them the bugs are being portrayed fairly negatively, <laughs> I think. They are. Uh I will give mimic a bunch of points for the whole uh, mimic aspect of insects because there are actually lots of insects that mimic either their prey or defense mechanisms or what have you. It, they're just fantastic. There they're was amazing. some science to that science fiction. Yes. There was some science to the science fiction, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, for the most part, they're either super, super silly Mm-hmm. Or maybe arguably taking themselves too seriously. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty much ambivalent about insects, but I don't know a lot about insects. I remember being told that if uh, all of the other animals on Earth died, that the human humanity could sustain itself just on the amount of insects that were on the planet. Absolutely. That's that's interesting and gross. There's a, a really good cookbook out there called Man Eating Bugs. I highly recommend it. Really? Lots have you of eaten grub bugs? recipe. I have eaten bugs. And uh, what's your favorite? What's the most delicious bug? I um, I really liked the the deep fried crickets because they were super crunchy. Uh, and if you season them right, they taste like chips and they're like little popcorns in your mouth. But the only thing I didn't like is the legs tend to get caught in your teeth. Oh, see, Which that's is kind of icky afterwards. Yeah, that's kind of gross. that's one of those things, like, I don't like to think of myself as squeamish. And, like, my mentality is if you can eat an egg, you can eat anything. Right? Eggs are disgusting. Eggs are yes. disgusting if you think about it if for half do. a second. Exactly, right? yes. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, like, I, I like to eat meat off the bone. I like ribs, you know. I'm honest about it. I'm yeah. a carnivore. This is flesh off the bone. And that is okay. But the idea of eating a bug is really repellent to me. <laughs> what if you put them in a pancake or something? <laughs> 
I would want it to be not bug looking at all. Like the idea of the deep fried cricket was just putting in, like crunching down on that. I would probably just instantly yark. <laughs> I would just instantly. <laughs> no, thanks. It's a, it, uh, yeah, I can see that. It, it took me a little bit to work up to be able to eat it, but. Right. It was pretty good. I guess I've I had like the, I've, I've gotten to the bottom of a few bottles of tequila. I've had that little alcohol soap. There you go. Yes. <laughs> worm. The Mexican joke. Yes. <laughs> Eat the worm. Yeah. <laughs> Sucker. Yes. Nice. No, no regrets ever doing no, that. No, for sure. That's funny. But you love bugs. I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> There's not a lot of people that love bugs. And it, really not a lot of females who love bugs. Yeah. Yeah. But... If if you really think about them though, they're amazing little creatures. Yeah. They're absolutely amazing. They've got these wicked cool life cycles and yeah, I don't know. I just pretty much love everything about bugs. I remember being sort of tortured when I was a kid. We'd get these those big noisy black flies in our house sometimes. Yes. And I'd be in my room trying to sleep and it would be like battering around the room and I would get really frustrated because I could never quite catch them. Yeah, those are those are gross. Yeah. Those are on the gross end of the bug scale. They're just... <laughs> They're, see, most people just think gross when they think bugs, but... It, it's true. It's true. <laughs> but, yeah. Diseases from flies and... Bah! How are you with horror movies generally? Uh, good. I tend towards the psychological over the... Slashing. Yeah. yeah Blood and guts, meh. Right. Unless it's a an animal attacking a human, that's okay. Right. <laughs> human on human, not so good. Not good with human, human on animal, not good at all. And human on bug, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, <laughs> yes. yes. It's mainly bug on human. It is mainly bug part. on human, yeah. Do you think if they could, that the bugs would take over the world? What makes you think that they haven't already? Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's their world. It was their world first. It'll be their world after. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Nerd, another nerdy moment. <laughs> like, beetles themselves, they represent three quarters of the world's biomass. Just beetles. Not counting any other insects. They're everywhere. We would be absolutely screwed without insects. Really? Yep. Parasites? I kind of think are the top of the food chain. <laughs> Don't mess with the parasite. Don't right? mess with the parasite. Yeah, <laughs> that can mess you up. <laughs> One of the things you you asked me actually why I was doing this podcast, and yeah. the part of the show is a continuing quest to answer that. I think, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think that the horror genre gets very much respect. From a lot of people, and certainly at all from critics. Not at all. No, <laughs> um, I agree. It's very they're they're very much dismissed, and I'm not typically about hating, even though there's going to be some bad things said. I think in the following <laughs> hours, so I, I'm not a hater. I, this is more about love than it is about hate. But uh, uh, I don't know. I think that's why I've been focusing on the horror genre because it's the underdog genre. Nobody gets it like me. <laughs> Nobody gets me. <laughs> you know. I agree with the underappreciation, and I think more people like it than admit it. Oh, yeah. It's a dirty secret, like it porn or something. It is a dirty secret. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I would never look at a porn site. Never. Never, <laughs> never, never. No. Me neither. Horror movies? Never. <laughs> never horror movies. No. no. They're disgusting. I know, but everybody loves to be scared. Yeah. It's an adrenaline rush. Who doesn't love that? And it, almost everybody has that story, whether they like it or not, of when they were a kid and they watched that movie before they should have, and it really fucked them up. <laughs> absolutely, <right? laughs> absolutely. I yeah. live for that story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, should we should we talk about some of these movies? For now? sure. Okay. 
I think you're making a mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. Hey, um, The Fly, directed by Mr. Uh, David Cronenberg. Cronenberg. And this is in the mid-80s, um, 1986. Um, Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum, who were a hot Hollywood couple at the time, <laughs> came up to Canada to do a remake of this Vincent Price movie. And uh, the end product exceeded everybody's expectations, both critically and financially. Um, so, uh, as an expert in bugs, yes. and as a fellow sort of, uh, would you call yourself a scientist or a student, or what would you? Uh, scientist, I guess. Scientist. Right. Graduated, working in the science field. I would like your professional opinion <laughs> of David Cronenberg's fly, please, if you would. Uh, where to start? Uh, first of all, my previous comment about how dirty flies are and what <laughs> diseases they spread and all that kind of stuff stands true with this film. You see what one single fly can do? Mess up a guy completely. Yep. Badness. Yeah. Yes. I got, I was all bitching about a fly buzzing around my room at night. This is yes. a whole other thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'll just, I'll pump the plot just a little bit here. I'm do pretty it. sure most people who are into horror movies probably have seen this movie, but... If not, a, you should. <laughs> yes, you should. Yes. Uh, a brave and eccentric scientist invites a tele invents a teleportation device and tries it out on himself after unsuccessfully trying it out <laughs> on a monkey or two, yes. uh, and has really good results. Until, during one of his experiments, he crosses through with a fly. A fly enters the pod with him, and the computer melds the two together, and over a period of time our protagonist goes through some really horrendous changes. I think that's one of the things that always stands out with me about The Fly, is like this is before there was anything about computer-generated effects. This was all yes. sticky, prosthetic, real-deal makeup effects. Yes. And uh, like I told you when I gave you the movie, make sure you're eating while you watch this <laughs> one. Like I was actually eating, and I did put it down. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. There's just so many yuck moments in there it. You don't really even are. know where to begin, really. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, one thing that I really loved about this movie, especially if you take into account what's going on with our food products and everything today with genetic splicing, genetic manipulation, and all the GMO garbage, like, maybe it's a little bit of a warning from the past. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Cronenberg's um, sort of obsessed with uh, body horrors. That he is. Things that happened yeah. happening to your body and... Uh... Yeah, this definitely applies. The science fiction angle on here is still fairly strong. I do think at its heart it's kind of a creature feature as much as anything else, but I don't think that to be a bad thing necessarily either. <laughs> yeah, but the difference between most creature features and this is that you have this psychological backing for that. It's not just, here's your creature, deal with it. It's, it's subtlety, it's subtle changes, which I found 
fascinating. I loved that about this film. Like I said before, I like intellectual thinker pieces and, I don't know, things that aren't overt. Right. I like subtlety. <laughs> like people getting their hands and feet melted off. Oh, by I know. That was awesome, though. <laughs> but that was awesome. Yeah, I'll admit that. That was great. Well, I am an unabashed Jeff Goldblum fan. He's he's my boy. I he's, like him. He's, uh, he's he he does his Jeff Goldblum twitchy weird thing, but it yes. does it for me. I, uh, it works almost every time for me. It does. And yeah. uh, usually he's resigned to the snarky supporting role, and mm-hmm. I, I like seeing him in, in you know carry a movie. And I like that we really felt for him. I mean, he mm-hmm. became a monster, but he wasn't a bad dude. You know. No. Yeah. He, he was kind of weird, spent too much time with the computers, finally met a girl that he really liked, yes. and was trying so hard to impress her <laughs> that he, like so many dorks before him, <laughs> made a fool of himself and turned into a mutated fly, you know? <laughs> These things will happen. Little faux pas. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the main love story between him and Gina Davis, like, you feel bad for them, I think, overall. I mean, you're cheering yeah. for them to be together. It's, yeah. uh, you totally get why she doesn't think this is going to work out. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I felt for Seth Brundle, Brundlefly. Brundlefly. There's only so much you can look past, though. I mean, there comes a point where you have to say, like, this maybe isn't the healthiest relationship ever and ditch out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Once he loses his teeth and starts vomiting acid on his food so he yeah. can slurp it up. Yeah, not cool. not cool. But cool at the same time. <laughs> so Very even though you love like. insects, you, you you love insects, you weren't so big on the, the fly as the creature. You didn't identify with the fly in this movie. I just, I can't get past, like, I can't, I don't really see what the point of flies is. I know it helps with decomposition and, and cyclical nature events, but... They're gross. They're disgusting. They carry, like, millions of little bacteria on their feet, and they liquefy your food, and that's gross. Yeah, not a fan of flies. And uh, I guess the the fly, if it wants something, uh, it's just to incorporate them all together. I think the last-ditch plan of the creature is to get them all to go into the pod together (laughs) and see what fun, happy... One big One family, family unit comes yes. crawling out of the other side, which I thought was kind of nasty. There's actually a scene that they had to tone back or, or change significantly. It happened early in the movie where he was experimenting with the monkey, and the monkey uh, does not successfully go through the teleporter. And it comes out sort of almost inside out, and he has to like bash it to pieces with, the, with a crutch. Ooh. Yeah, and it was, like, so intense that they thought, people won't like him. They'll think that he's terrible, that yes. he would do, subject a monkey to it. So uh, they they changed that. I they skipped the bashing. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I think maybe audiences at the time, like... But this is a movie that does not pull punches as no. far as the violence at all. This no, is like it a full on hard R horror movie. Don't don't bring the kids. <laughs> yes, know. yes. And it actually is aged pretty well, I think. I mean Absolutely. It's eighties, but it's not like it's not offensively, you know, glossy disco uh, yes. crazy distracting eighties. I think for the most part it still looks pretty good. I guess the the 
computer screens are a little out of date here and there, but just a wee, just a, just wee. a wee bit. <laughs> Apple Two <IIc. laughs> I think that was the first computer that I ever owned. Apple Two C. Yeah. Yeah, not a very state of the art. I guess for the time, sure. And yet, yeah, yeah. this movie would have us believe that it would, uh, it would make help make a teleporter. Yes. There is a sequel to this movie. Have you seen? No. Would you Would you like me to tell you a little bit about the sequel? Does it have Jeff Goldblum in it? Briefly. What? What? Yes, and the star is a young Eric Stoltz. <gasps> oh. Undecided. I, I, I don't know if I like him I could, or I hate him. I could send you home with that movie tonight. Were you, I will take you it. were into The Fly enough to watch The Fly too. <laughs> I will take it. Co-written and by Frank it. Darabont. And, uh, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's interesting. Indeed. Uh, but yes, it's mm. sort of like a son of fly scenario. Nice. Very nice. Hmm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm a big Cronenberg fan, and yeah. I think that this was one of his last, like, really truly honest horror movies. They all they, it was more psychological, perverty movies that he started <laughs> to make after this. Yes. Uh, Have yeah. you seen uh, Nightbreed? Nightbreed. That's Clive Barker. Is yeah. that Clive Barker? But David Cronenberg was in it. Yeah, he acted in it. Yeah, and not very oh. well. It was a Clive Barker book, but yeah. David Cronenberg directed, was it not? I believe I believe Clive Barker directed it, really? and David Cronenberg just acted in it. He oh. was the hooded killer. They were the all horrible actors in but that. But the monsters were so cool. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Really? Just for the makeup. <laughs> Tangent. Tangent, that's Tangent. okay. Well, but yeah. the makeup effects, as I said. Yeah, were, makeup. Yeah. <laughs> the makeup in The Fly was fantastic. For the time, it was yeah. unbelievable. Uh, yeah. And the stages of makeup that Jeff Goldblum would have to work in. Absolutely. There's a famous scene involving they actually built a rotating set so that he could climb up the wall and be on the ceiling and talking to Gina Davis. Interesting. Um, it's a really, really well put together film. And considering how silly the essential premise is when you think about it, the <laughs> fact that, you know, all these classy actors and filmmakers came together to make this really disturbed, sick horror movie. It's yeah. so awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> I agree. Canadian made. Makes me proud. I think Absolutely. everybody should watch and enjoy The Fly, but that's my opinion. I completely agree. Excellent. Yeah. It was a great movie. We recombined DNA to create a biological counteragent. We call it the Judas Breed. Three years ago, a team of brilliant scientists found a way to stop a deadly disease. Now, the cure they created has taken on a life of its own. So you think your little Frankenstein's got the better of you? There's some weird shit here. Lots of it. They all died in the lab. But you let them out. Evolution is a way of keeping things alive. Sometimes an insect will evolve to mimic its predator. A fly can look like a spider. A caterpillar can look like a snake. They are breeding. Whatever it becomes, it destroys. Peter, these are lungs. Yesterday, it became human. If that thing has been around, how come nobody's ever seen it? I think we have. So speaking of genre directors that I really, really like, (laughs) uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Um, Have you seen the Hellboy movies? I have. I'm a big Hellboy fan. It's sort of like a fucked up Harry Potter world, (laughs) but I like it a lot. Uh, The Devil's Backbone, Pan's Labyrinth, Mm. 
Kronos. Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, Mimic, which is what we're going to talk about. Yes. And uh, unfortunately, Blade 2. But, you know. Nobody's Blade 2? It was a for hire job, okay? Oh, it was sad. for hire job. <laughs> Down a notch. I know. I oh, know, my God. But, uh, you know what? He makes good looking movies. He does And I bet you you could movies. watch Blade 2 with the sound off and think, eh, maybe a talented filmmaker made that movie. Really? Not too many actors or, or screenwriters. High hopes. The... <laughs> High hopes. My point is that I like Guillermo del Toro, and um, I think that this one would be an interesting one to talk to you about because the science anim- uh, angle in the film is actually yeah. pretty substantial. It is, uh, yeah. Your girlfriend, Mira Servino. Yes, my honey fun. <laughs> Why the hate? Is that a, a Romy and Michelle thing, or uh, is there a specific... I think it's everything that she's ever been in. I think it's just her. Really? You just don't... You know. I just don't care for her. Yeah. I'm pretty ambivalent about mm-hmm. Mira Savino, to be honest. I mean, I I, I, I wasn't bothered by her performance, mm-hmm. but I was in no way impressed by it. It's really yes. the production design and the, the creature <laughs> effects yeah. and Guillermo del Toro, to me, that, that, that sell this movie. Guillermo. 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 Let's just keep saying Guillermo. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'll just uh, interject that every once every in a while. Time. If you can't think of something to say, just Guillermo. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, basically, the premise is uh, we're in New York City. Yeah. Uh, there's an outbreak of a polio-like epidemic infecting children, and it's being spread by some insect, a beetle or a cockroach or some kind of city vermin mm-hmm. thing. And uh, our scientist protagonist, the uh, Mira Savino, Invent, invents a bug or creates a bug, genetically messes with bugs mm-hmm. that'll kill all the carriers of the this. And I guess they were supposed to die out. Their life cycle was supposed to be really short. But... All problem solved. Kids are saved. Bugs are gone. Yep. Let's wash our hands. Movie over. But no. <laughs> uh, three years later, people are going missing. and Homeless people are disappearing. Strange sights and sounds in the subways. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, she has a couple of kids that uh, she gets to collect bugs for her. They start bringing increasingly bizarre specimens and increasingly large, ugly specimens to her. And she has to, uh, she gets together a little band of adventurers and they go on a quest to find what's going on. And uh, that's basically Mimic. Yeah. Um, do you want to take the scientific angle or the, uh, are you going to put your critic hat on first or your bug hair, your science hat on first? Let's go for science hat. Science, all right, Bill Nye, let's do this. <laughs> well, from a science perspective, um, they got a lot of things really bang on in this movie, which I was impressed with. The whole insect mimicking aspect is completely dead on. Um which I don't know if it was recording while I was talking about mimics before, but yeah, like for everything, for defense, for food capture, for for just the hell of it. <laughs> they've they've been sort of engineered to blend into their environment and and yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And is it a spoiler if I say what they mimic? Oh no, I don't think so. I think we we're fair game here. So so yeah, the these big giant insects actually use their their claw-like appendages to mimic human faces, which I find, I thought was a really fantastic idea. Like, if you're going after your prey, a good way to do it is to mimic your prey so they're not running away from you scared all the time. They'll approach you and easy pickings. I thought it was well realized, too, the way they sort of folded on themselves 
and the wings come down and it looks sort of like at a distance, like a guy with an overcoat sort of hunched over. Exactly. And yeah. uh, that effect I thought was really cool and kind of a chilling idea. And I think I'm sure that's the that's the one sheet that got this movie greenlit. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and it is a really cool concept and it's well handled. It's a very cool concept. And they're, they are actually doing that type of research in certain places, like using insects to control other insects or insects to control invasive species. I had a job like that once. It was it was pretty cool. That spawned my love of weevils, by the way. Weevils. Go, weevils. Go on. <laughs> but but yeah, from a science perspective, I mean they got they got many things. There wasn't anything specific that I could pick apart from a science perspective. Except for maybe the size of the insects. Yeah, they do get pretty big. They do get pretty big, yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a pretty interesting cast of characters here. Charles mm-hmm. S. Dutton and Josh Brolin have supporting roles in the film as well. Yeah. And um, some Guillermo del Toro regulars. I don't remember their names. They're a couple of <laughs> Italian actors. But the, the grandfather and the little autistic boy. Yes. Uh, I think they're characters that we've seen before. Yes. Anyway, um, one of the... Many things that I like about this movie. I mean, it's a monster movie, and it's really atmospherically shot, and it's Guillermo. It's Guillermo. Guillermo. So we like that about it. But uh, it doesn't pull punches. No. Uh, Kids go down in this movie. And, uh, you know, characters that you like and that you feel relatively safe with are are not safe in this movie. Uh, There's some good jump scares. This is a good, like, popcorn boo, you know. Yeah. Good date movie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Super uh, good. <laughs> um, and it doesn't have the level of ick factor that the fly does. Like we were just talking about the no, fly. Uh, no. There's some really uh, dark moments, and there is some some gore and some squishiness to it, but uh, yes. not to the level of the fly. I think they sort of uh, they sort of found the <laughs> the box office <laughs> audience just right. It's icky yeah. enough so that you get it, and not so icky as to hit the gag reflex. <laughs> yeah, they. They also, that's what I like about, that's what I liked about this movie is that, yes, it had the subtlety, but not so much that everything was left up to your imagination, but there was some really good imagination points to it. I liked that. Another interesting, some here I can go on my nerd tangent now too. Nerd. Uh, Guillermo for a while had taken his name off of it. Guillermo. Uh, well, there was an original ending that he had attended, and he had sort of flushed out the characters, and actually the science angle more, but mm. <clears throat> this was young in his career, so I think it was his first English-language movie, actually, okay. and uh, the studio had more control than he. And his name is still on it, but yes. uh, originally, I think that the idea was is that Mira Savino, upon confronting the queen, as it were, the, the, the hive, the, the head queen, of the hive, yeah. uh, yeah. It was to grab hold of her, kidnap her. The idea was he thought she was killed, and it was going to take her up to the platform, drop her there, and then stand before her and actually say, the underground is ours now. Wicked. And then fly back away. And basically, the insects have claimed the New York underground. They basically let her go, but... Yeah. Not only have they <laughs> developed to the point where they could mimic human beings, but they, in this short period of time, absorbed our language and were way more intelligent than than she'd ever, ever realized. And it didn't end up going that way. You saw the movie, and uh, it turns into a pretty standard, there's a big bug that needs to get squished. Yeah. And 
the big bug gets squished and New York is saved, right? I don't uh, know if I could have uh, been on board with the whole insect speaking, though. Like That would have bugged you? Biologically speaking, it's an impossibility. Yeah, that's fake. Right? Yeah, like, that's, that's not possible. I, I like it just from a creepy angle. From a creepy like, angle, sure. And and ending it, leaving it so open ended. Yes. I, people like horror movies that sort of leave you a little not so safe anymore. <laughs> a little you know, on edge. You know, yes. Michael Myers is still loose and free at the end of Halloween, and that, that's that's, right. that's part of the reason that's such a big movie, right? It is, it's just yeah. like, but uh, there's like eighty of them. So, Michael Myers movies. I think that this yeah. ended up being more of a conventional monster movie than Guillermo maybe originally wanted yeah. to make, but it's still a lot of fun, and it's a good, you know, it bug is. movie. I, I yeah, <laughs> I I like this movie a lot, and I I really liked that, and we've seen this in movies since, and I can't really name out anything off the top of my head, but the the autistic kid, yeah, you know, it's a communicating, familiar angle. yeah, yeah, very familiar, but at the same time. That's what insects, that's what a lot of insects respond to is vibrations or noise patterns or light patterns. You know, it's not. Yeah, the character that you're, the Karen's referring to is this little boy who, uh, yeah, he's autistic or something. I don't know if it's ever actually said what his issue I don't think is. So. But, uh, he and his grandfather, uh, shine shoes and, and do shoe repair. Yeah. And he would just sit by the window and listen to people walk by and name the type of shoe he thought it was. Yeah. And he could recognize when it was one of the bugs because they if they had what was it you call them funny feet or uh... oh jeez <laughs> anyway the anyway. autistic savant kid was able to tell before anyone else that something was amiss in the yeah. building across the street and he played the spoons and he played the spoons yeah mm-hmm. I mean I know a lot of people will roll their eyes at that particular angle of the screenplay sure. but. You know, yeah. it's a classic horror trope for a reason. Yeah. A child in peril is scary enough. A child who doesn't realize that he's in peril. Oh, no. Oh, no. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I exactly. get it. I yeah. get it. And uh, another familiar thing is we find out that they're attracted to the smell and the warmth of blood. So mm-hmm. if a person is wounded, they quickly become a liability to the group. Yes. Or, you know, a means for the group to escape. Dun, dun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, all in all, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Very much so. Better than I expected it to be, honestly. And I based that preconceived notion all on Mira Sorvino. And she was okay. Huh? She was okay. Fun. Yeah, no, she wasn't offensive in this. <laughs> so I'll give her credit for that. All right. Yeah. Well, go Mira. And just one more time, Guillermo. Guillermo. <laughs> The one species that scares people the most is also the smallest. But wouldn't it be scary if they grew? Hello? Really, really big. I got in a fight with a giant bug. Looks like a mutant lobster. <laughs> now that's what I'm talking about. And there are flying ones. Ah, Jesus! Oh. Die! Oh. I'll tase his ass. Okay, uh, infestation. Uh, actually, I saw this on a on the shelf in the, a gas station. 
Never heard of it before. It was like five bucks or whatever. And something told me, you know, (laughs) you have five dollars. Check this movie out. Uh, It stars uh, Chris Marquette. And and apparently if you're into like the teen movies of the day, uh, he's something of a person. I I believe he's from Canada. I know him from the immortal classic, Freddy vs. Jason. He was in that? He was in that. He really? was the nerdy kid who was romancing the that singer. That Oh, oh man. I, we're not talking about Freddy vs. Jason. We're talking about Infestation of a yes. Game. Kelly <laughs> Rowland. What's her name? The, the, the actress who was in Freddy vs. Jason. He was wheeling mm-hmm. her in the movie. And oh. uh, he had a very sad death scene. Anyway. That's too bad. <laughs> uh, infestation concerns itself with... Uh, Sort of a dorky guy who has a job as a at a call center, who uh, is not having a great day. He's getting in trouble with his boss. Uh, sort of had a almost meet cute with a girl outside of his work, but it went badly. And to make matters worse, a high pitched squeal happens. He wakes up covered in a cobweb, and it looks like the world is suddenly being overtaken by giant insects. Mm-hmm. Um, from a scientific perspective, uh, how did you feel about infestation? <laughs> From a science perspective, I thought the they did an awesome job with the bugs. With the bugs themselves, they did a really good job, including, like, you know, basic morphology and all that kind of stuff. Except... Except. <laughs> except, when you think of something with a mouth, don't you think it should have, like attacking with its mouth rather than having a mouth and then attacking with something coming out of its thorax. Right. Abdomen? Abdomen. Abdomen. So they have these tentacle things that would shoot out at people. Instead of using their face, they were using this tentacle and you call shenanigans on this. Which makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. I like that these were alien bugs, but they still sort of looked like our bugs. Maybe maybe give me the idea that the bugs that we have here are actually not not of this earth either. These are just the bigger grandpa variety of them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, but no, the bugs themselves, I thought, uh, except for that whole thing with the pseudo mouth part coming out of its gut, that right. kind of sucked. But other than that, I thought they did a good job with, with the insects themselves. And then they got even weirder because uh, some bugs would bite characters and they would turn into these bug-human hybrid monster <laughs> things, which is yes. cool. Uh, Ray Wise, who will forever be TV's creepiest dad from Twin Peaks. That, oh, that's right. That's where he's from. <laughs> that's where he's from. That's man. Right. That dude will always yes. be Laura Palmer's daddy to me. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he plays the main character's father, who's kind of a survivalist, uh, handy guy to know in this scenario. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, like, stock characters, frankly, in this movie. Like, there's the dumb chick and the panicky yes. guy yes. and the wisecracking dude. Yes. <laughs> and the subplot about our main character learning to be a better person and not take things for granted is kind yep. of hilarious when held in balance with the global overtaking <laughs> of the world. Yes. Like, for some yes. reason, I like this movie almost because of its flaws and not in spite of them. Like, it knows exactly what it is, and it does what it does well enough. Right? Exactly. I completely agree with that. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I, I did enjoy the movie. I thought it was somewhat ridiculous in parts, but I think that was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that. The only thing that kind of surprised me, I remember there was one character, and she's sort of played off as the ditzy blonde, 
And that there is one scene where she gets her boobs out with the main character trying to seduce him. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and upon his rejection, actually starts endangering the group and mm-hmm. warning the insects of their presence to such a point that another member of the group ends up icing her. <laughs> and I, I was really shocked by that moment. That was the one moment in the whole movie where I was like, I did, I did not see that direction coming at all. <laughs> no, I didn't either. <laughs> And really, that's offensive to all women everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, if she was the dumb blonde character, it's an archetype, unfortunately. Yes, yes. But, uh, oh, that was the girl who wouldn't change out of her high heel shoes. That's right. <laughs> that's right, because calves are all important in an alien insect takeover. Really, the quintessential take of the dumb blonde character yeah. is Charlie in uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Kate Capshaw is the, the, the female character in the yes. Indiana Jones movie. Yes. And she's like pouring perfume on the elephant because it stinks. And yes. she, everything is so gross. <laughs> and she's always going, Indy, save me. <laughs> and I found that really grating in that movie. And it's kind of grating in this movie too. But uh, yeah. the, the way this movie just sort of embraces all of the staples of the genre and uh, in a new enough way that, yeah, I mean... It's a big B movie, and it sort of celebrates it. In a way, like, we're going to talk about Eight-Legged Freaks, who is sort of constantly winking and saying, look how funny and goofy we are. This movie doesn't really do that. It just sort of is what it is. It doesn't Exactly, wink. exactly. It doesn't try to be funny or ridiculous or good or bad. It, it, that's exactly it. It is what it is. Yeah, it, it, it is yeah. funny and ridicu- ridiculous and good and bad it in, is. in given yeah. scenes. <laughs> it is, yeah. But... Uh, no, I like it. And I do think that Chris Marquette was a fine enough lead. He's kind of a mm-hmm. schlubby looking every every man dude. He is. Certainly yeah. a far far cry from Brad Pitt or anyone like he's relatable. You know, he's and right. I like the zombie vibe. Yes. How are you with zombie movies? Love zombies. Oh. Are you kidding me? I swear, you know, we've got some zombie movies we're going to have to talk about. Now, I am but, happy uh, with zombie movies. I like the vibe at the very beginning when they first wake up and, and they're waking up other people who are cocooned and trying yeah. to band together. I got a really big sort of zombie movie vibe out of it. Yes. You know? But only some people they would wake up. Yeah. And I wondered how they picked and chose. Yeah. Just what picked was convenient. Who they stumbled upon along the way, I guess. But nobody yeah. seemed terribly preoccupied with running home to save their family or no. friends or loved ones. <laughs> nah. Again, you kind of got to roll with the punches yeah. on this one. Exactly. And the effects, again, for a movie that I'd never heard of. It was good. It looks yeah. good. There's some CGI stuff in it, but yeah. like not distractingly so and nothing like awful. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of them were actually legitimate puppets and, and makeup effects that are well pulled off. I thought they was good, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. true. Like if you can think of a cliche that isn't in this movie, like <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they gotta go. They gotta find the hive and, and infiltrate it, and, and you know. In this movie, though, yes, it, cliches are cliches, but they are cliches for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And. One or two in a movie, kind of like, meh, not so great. But yeah, this had pretty much all of them, Yeah, yeah. which is what made it good. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because it seems like a movie that I should be complaining about. That like, I, I met this character and I knew right away he was going to be at first a problem to the group and then he was going to die horribly and that's exactly what happened. Exactly, but yeah. I was all smiles the yeah. whole time, you know. I mean, it's not a masterpiece, but it's no. fun. And it I, is fun. I, obviously... 
people should see it. I guess originally it was going to be a trilogy, but since uh, nobody heard anything about this movie, my guess is that we'll just have to enjoy this infestation for what it is and was. Yes. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I mean, <laughs> what more do you want in a bug movie of global swarming? Like? <laughs> and taking over the human race. That's kind of nice. Yeah, and... You believe, I'm sure, that if the bugs could organize, they would have us out of here really quickly. Yes. <laughs> totally. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, another one of the one of the episodes we're going to do is when animals attack. There's a few of those. Awesome. Talk about like awesome. the birds and, and uh, you know the ghost in the darkness. And nice. Animals eating people. Oh, Always fun. Too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. infestation. Big thumbs up for me. Me too. When you drop those off, come to the jukebox. I want to introduce you to somebody. You're very beautiful. I like hearing you talk. If you want, you can stay here tonight. That'd be nice. They live in your blood. What is that? Can't you see it? It's a bug. Jerry, you can't stay here. You throw me out? Get out of here! Place crawling with these things, and they feed on your brain. There's no bugs on your skin. You have to dig it out. I'll dig it out and show you. This spring, from the Academy Award-winning director of The Exorcist, open the door. Comes the movie the Chicago Tribune calls one of the most disturbing horror movies imaginable. We have to kill. They want you to know they're there. Bug. We'll never really be safe again. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a bit of spoilers about this movie because uh, in order to in order to properly discuss this movie, I think you have to discuss it in its totality. Yes, we do. Uh, William Friedkin is responsible for, I think, one of the greatest horror movies ever made. And it's not Bug. <laughs> it's called The Exorcist. Okay. The Exorcist is an extremely creepy movie, if it you is. ask me. Yes. And uh, having him return to the horror genre was kind of an exciting idea for me. Uh, Ashley Judd stars in this movie, and I'm not the hugest Judd fan. I'm going to come clean about that. I, I don't know. I don't... I always feel like I see her acting for some reason. I just like... That's a good performance. I can tell you were really acting well. Yeah. I never get lost in it. I always feel like I'm watching Ashley Judd. And I don't know if it's even, if it's me or her. We just don't mesh well. Yeah. But I am a fan of Michael Shannon, uh, who since this movie has sort of come up in the world. Uh, he's a good character actor. Actually, we talked about him in our first episode. He's in a movie we talked about called Dead Birds. Oh. Um, and he's in Boardwalk Empire and, uh, Take Shelter and lots of good movies. He's okay. he's cool and uh, he originated the role in Bug on stage. He played it many many years before the movie ended up getting made. I'm sorry, that was a stage production. This was a stage play. Good God. Yes, it concerns double death. <laughs> double death. It concerns probably one of the more crushingly depressing protagonists that I can think of. Even in the horror genre. And in a lot of horror genres, it's a staple for your protagonist to have a terrible tragedy at the beginning of the movie. They've yes. lost a loved one or a child or are starting their life anew after some form of tragedy. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this case, we find our character is living in a really dingy hotel. And uh, she's lost... Her, her husband was in jail 
Yeah. She's divorced him, but he's out of jail, and she's paranoid that he's going to come look for her. Played and, by Harry Connick Jr. And what a dreamboat he is. What a dreamboat. <laughs> Not very likable in this movie, but who is likable in this yes, movie? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, she also lost her child at some point. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah. it, it gets sort of revealed more and more as the story goes on what the situation that was. So she's a mess from from... Point one in this movie. I do think the word is pathetic. Pathetic, yeah. Pathetic, yeah. And uh, her, her her lesbian friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always like when characters in movies are sort of defined by their sexuality. And I did find that that character was the gay friend. Absolutely. <laughs> Chuck and the lesbian. You yeah, got a hint. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was fine. Like, the yeah. performance was fine. But I mean, she was the gay friend. And yeah. uh, she, for some reason, sets her up with this character that Michael Shannon plays, who is a clearly damaged war veteran with serious issues. Who she met like 10 minutes previous to that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and these two damaged people with their own sort of schizophrenic tendencies and madness find each other. Yeah. And the result is like an, a, an atomic bomb of madness. <laughs> uh, we sink into madness and paranoia and depravity mm-hmm. and it's largely set in that one hotel room as i said it was a stage play yeah. and it's largely michael shannon and ashley judd yelling and crying yeah for about a hundred minutes you betcha and i heard that you reacted rather strongly to it uh yes i do believe i stopped the movie probably like seven times <laughs> to go and bitch to my friends saying this is the worst movie <laughs> ever <laughs> I was angry about this movie. I was angry that I had to watch it, but because Larry is my friend, I thought I should uh, channel through. Yes. And we're still friends. You still, we are still friends. You still came here. And you're still Although there. by a thread. <laughs> just hanging in there. Yes. Well, everybody does top fives and top tens, and mm-hmm. not Larry. Larry's doing top six. That's right. And I wanted to find six themed bug movies, and if they could all come from my collection... Uh, that would be convenient so yes. that, you know, I didn't have to go <laughs> buying or downloading or whatever it I'd need to do to get you to watch the movie. Um, <clears throat> so these were the six movies that I had on the topic of bugs. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's no huge spoiler when I say the bugs in this movie are largely non-existent bugs. <laughs> They're the crazy bugs that are invented by these two people. Yes. Um, so yes. there's no real good scientific angle to take. That's not true. That's not true. Well, I stand corrected. Science perspective. They say that they're being attacked by aphids. It is physically impossible for an aphid to bite flesh. They do not have the mouth parts for that. They are leaf eaters. Physically impossible. Aphids would not attack people. I'm sorry. That pissed me off. (laughs) Research, people. Research is important in movies for credibility. But I do, I, I mean, I wish that, like, the germaphobe angle was something that was really sort of explored, you know. Uh, people who, you know, get obsessed with, you know, gelling up and uh, <laughs> having everything covered in plastic and uh, that sort of crazy germ paranoia. They did do the tinfoil. Yeah. I remember meeting a friend that I'd known in high school for a long, long time. I hadn't seen her. And uh, I just sort of rushed 
we were at a restaurant or something. I didn't have a lot of time. So uh, she was sitting at a table and I was standing up waiting to be seated. And I just put my hand on her shoulder and said, good to see her. Good to see you. And she just shrunk into her chair and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just really have this thing about people touching me. Oh. And I was, I was really apologetic. I didn't remember. Like, I, it was completely harmless. I, I, <laughs> but yeah, and I, yeah, we talked about it afterwards. And apparently, yeah, she's got this germ thing. And I thought that's what we were going to be looking at in this movie, but no. Yeah. Uh, this Michael Shannon's character is paranoid, delusional, and from day one basically believes that there are bugs spying on him, infesting mm-hmm. his body, infesting everyone around him. Wasn't and, uh, it a military experiment? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, at first, you know, Ashley Judd's character sips the Kool-Aid, then she starts making her own Kool-Aid, and then she's just, you know... <laughs> She's swimming in the Kool-Aid, you know, Uh, and uh, there's actually a scene towards the end where they really just start channeling off of each other, their their insanity off of insanity. Yeah. Uh, If you haven't guessed already, it's intensely unpleasant. The whole movie is intensely unpleasant to to behold. It starts (laughs) off dingy for the first half and the second half is in this like under this blue light. Yeah. Uh, in, in their crazy taped up apartment with, <laughs> yes. with tin foil, them screaming and chasing away anybody who comes near them to try to help them. Friend or foe really gets the same treatment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it spirals out of control. I think this might, and I'm going to, in some form of defense, have worked better in a, a, as a play. If you, if you saw these two actors giving this bold, raw, performance uh in front of you on stage you would probably be engaged by it in spite of the harsh subject matter because you'd just be like wow it's impressive that they went there it's so naked and so raw but as a film as a subject for a film utter bomb yeah it's no horrible yeah horrible and and uh, there's a okay well let's just talk about the end of the movie Okay. okay okay uh Michael Shannon is actually, so this gentleman is looking for him. It's obvious he was like a doctor who'd been treating him mm-hmm. and basically trying to get him to come back to the hospital and get back on his medication and treat him. Yeah. And Michael Shannon overreacts and stabs the fucking shit out of him <laughs> and kills him several times over. Yeah. And this sets off Ashley Judd's character into mm-hmm. about the last 15 minutes of the movie, which is seriously the two of them covered with blood nose-to-nose, full-on screaming at each other. Yeah. And uh, there's moments that are meant to be powerful when she, like, stands up and screams, I am the mother bug! But I actually laughed out loud. I I, <laughs> I laughed out loud. The only redeeming part to the entire very lengthy movie, <laughs> Ashley Judd screaming, I am the mother bug! <laughs> wow. Yes. And, I mean, I am going to give it a little bit to the performers, even though, like I said, I'm not a big Ashley Judd person. Yeah. They went there. They went raw. And actually, both of them stripped down to the, to the nitty-gritty for the final scene. But here's problem number 412 for me. <laughs> yeah. I did a little bit of reading about, of the movie before we have our little chat. And uh, lo and behold, I find out that there's a scene post-credits. Oh. I bet you you didn't stay after I did the credits not. because I know I did. <laughs> yes, no. So here it is. Uh, at the end of the movie, after killing this person and finally the, uh, you know, their madness culminates into them dousing the entire place with gasoline, mm-hmm. staring each other in the eyes and lighting a match, and just, the place is an inferno. And credits roll and everyone's happy, happy. 
finish your popcorn and go home. But if you stay till after the credits, the camera pans through the apartment and it's empty and it's unburnt and there's just that one body there. Really? Bizarre. <laughs> what that means, I don't even William Friedkin could tell you. Um, he, <laughs> the apartment itself is haunted. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing. And I don't think that the playwright or that the director had anything on that. No. I don't, I'm glad that's not what they ended the movie with, that it was like that frustratingly ambiguous. But I do think it's a sign that I get the feeling like the director saw this play on stage and was knocked over by it mm -hmm. and tried like hell to make it into a movie. And it just did not work as a movie. It's exceedingly difficult to translate that. I, I have yet to see a play made into a movie that's been even close to as good. Yeah. I will, yeah, the, it's a different experience. Going to the yeah. theater and going to see a movie are different. Very. I have yeah. seen really good plays adapted to screen. Uh, it does happen on occasion, but typically your theater experience is your theater experience and your yeah. film one is your film one. I mean, the show that you see when you go to the theater is that show for that night. It's special and it's for you. Yeah. And the experience of being there in the room makes it a different, much more direct experience. But, um, I, it, you can get away with protracted monologues. Mm -hmm. You can get away with melodrama. You can get away with, uh, you know, real chest pounding, you know, yeah. Bear your soul acting. You will put up with a lot more, I find, on a stage than you will in a film. And yeah. this movie did not work for me as a film at all. And that's bad news for the new Friedkin movie called Killer Joe, which is another adaptation of another play by the same author, which I did not run out to see and I'm not particularly excited about. But hey, at least yeah. it has Matthew McConaughey in it. So, uh... <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey should die. <laughs> Is there Jesus, <laughs> it's a, oh, he's disgusting. He's gross. He like oozes slimy ickiness. You clearly haven't seen Reign of Fire because he is amazing in that movie. <laughs> Thank you, neighbor. Um, is there anything else you would like to say about the dreadful experience that was Bug? Um, only again as a female, I was utterly disgusted by Ashley Judd's character. And uh, if you have any self-respect as a female, do not see this because you will think that feminism is lost because seemingly three days into their relationship, she is beyond hooked and utterly dependent on this freakazoid man. Horrible. Every aspect of this movie was horrible. Yeah. yeah. And it, it wasn't even that it made me ashamed for being a man, particularly. <laughs> There's plenty of movies that will do that, but she is just all about need, need, so need, need. beyond pathetic. Yeah. It is... There's nothing redeemable about her. And there's no redemption to it. The movie's not about redemption. It's about no. destruction, you know? She starts off at a yep. horrible place, and we watch her over a hundred minutes get worse. Yes. And that a hundred minutes is long. Yes. You might also want to stay tuned in the movie, though, to see Harry Connick Jr. delivering <laughs> the classic line. He gets asked a question, and he says, Heidi, no. Is that the, <laughs> Two that redeeming qualities. Redeeming. <laughs> Two redeeming points, yeah. Well, if there's very Bad. few problems that Harry Connick Jr. can't fix. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
So let's talk about Eight-Legged Freaks, uh, yes. directed by Ellery Elkayam. This is his first and only film, as far as I know. It's based off of a short film that he made, and it grew up into the big movie. Originally going to be called Iraq Attack, but at the last minute they went with Eight-Legged Freaks. They should have stuck with Iraq Attack. You like Iraq Attack? Better than Eight-Legged Freaks? Yeah. Uh, it stars uh, it, sort of everyone's favorite weirdo, David Arquette. Um <laughs> And it wears the fact that it's a cheesy B movie on its sleeve. Yeah. Uh, it's it announces itself as a silly cheesy B movie, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, like I was saying, I think this is sort of in a way its biggest problem. Uh, yeah, it's at the time the special effects in it too were considered quite strong. I don't know how well it's aged. I think actually the CGI makes it look cheesy. So over and above it being a, a cheesy. <laughs> B movie, mm-hmm. uh, it, it already looks kind of like an aged throwback movie. Yes. Uh, and I guess it would sound like this is working for it because this is what they were going for. But the fact that the movie kept on seeming to be going, eh, look how cheesy and B movie we are, <laughs> yeah. kept on taking me out of it. As silly as it was, they were breaking the illusion for me, you know? It's like you said before, there's a difference between being a B movie and trying to be a B movie. Yeah. Big well, difference. And sometimes you get away with it. Like, yeah. the wink, you can wink at the audience. Sure. Like, that's what the Scream movies are all about. But, I don't know, there's something about the... They embrace the flavor of small town being overtaken by supersized spiders. Mm-hmm. And uh, they put some genre faces in there. Tom Noonan is the guy who owns all the spiders and gives us the basic outline of this spider jumps and this spider spits and these are the different adversaries that we're going to meet uh tom noonan is in like house of the devil and in manhunter and he's been in a lot of these movies so kind of a cool face to see and yeah of course in spite of the fact that he knows a lot about the spiders he doesn't know how to keep them in their cages he's the first person to die and (laughs) then they get into the toxic waste and instantly become the size of automobiles. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, descend upon the town. Yeah. There is an amount of fun to be had with this, but uh, I don't know. I think it's more a curio than anything else. You want to see what uh, Scarlett Johansson looked like when she was 16 years old? Here you go. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the different spiders, though? This is what I thought. The, the spitting and the the jumping, like, were that legit? Did they make that shit up? <laughs> they were again they were really good with uh one they had a lot of the scientific names dead on uh a lot of spider actions and how they hunt how they feed that was all on point points for that bad point uh you would never collect crickets from a pond because they would drown (laughs) crickets (laughs) And water do not mix. No. So that was bad. Uh, feeding spiders radioactive shit would probably kill them. Right? Like most things. <laughs> you like most things, Everything yeah. I felt radioactive shit to has yeah. died, unfortunately. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, even a lot of the, the close-ups with the big spiders, uh, they had, you know, their, their, their colorations correct and their movements correct. A lot of the things were scientifically valid. Right. Yeah. Just again, the size gets out of hand. The size gets out of hand, and spiders don't make noises like that. 
<laughs> that bothered me a lot yeah. that they were that they had like oh hey, yeah please really are you kidding me spiders don't one do of that. my things are shark movies yeah uh, i mean there's so few good ones but i will watch mm-hmm. anything that has a shark in it apparently and it'll it'll take me right the f out of the movie whenever the shark attacks and i hear like ah <laughs> yes it's like mom exactly sound. Like, exactly it's a fish <laughs> you know it makes the oh. yeah yeah uh i mean this movie it's cool that they stuck to the science because it certainly doesn't ask you to take it seriously at all no uh, no David Arquette is sort of a weird choice as the heroic hunky lead. <laughs> Beyond weird choice. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, a fairly bad choice. <laughs> I don't hate him. I just, it, it seemed like, I, I think he was something of an, uh, or, or they were trying to make him something of a box office draw. This was around the time of the first screen. Yes. Um, he showed up to much greater, uh, better effect, I thought, in a, a movie Ravenous around the same time. I saw Ravenous. <laughs> Ravenous was better. Good Ravenous was much better. Yeah, yeah. see? And that's another example of a movie that's out there and cheesy, but yeah. it's its own kind of cheesy. Yeah. This one's sort of like want to be a throwback. It, they almost should have made it in black and white or something. It also sort of has a, a PG-level kind of violence. There's a, a fairly large body count, but it usually mm-hmm. involves people falling over, a spider appearing above them, and some sound effects. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, all of the characters, I, I'm just trying to even bring some of them to mind, you know. The, very few people make any kind of impression in the movie. It's uh, yeah. set piece, set up, set piece, set up, credits, roll. And uh, I remember seeing it, it was at a drive-in. We, we, Yeah, I saw this movie at a drive-in. Wow. Which seemed apropos, and everybody went there geared up and good to go, right? Yeah. And uh, I still kind of like... At 99 minutes, it felt long. <laughs> Somehow it felt long, you know. I can see that. It, yeah, it, uh, I don't know. I can't say that it grabbed me in any way. Um, I love the fact that, and same with in Mimic, I love the fact that there were kids involved with the coolness of insects. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really great. And I love the creepy old spider guy. But yeah, somebody who has hundreds of spiders, many, many poisonous ones that could kill you pretty much instantly, have, take a little bit better care. Especially if you're going to have kids wandering around. In exactly. Movie. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. David Arquette. Uh, meh. Lukewarm. Yeah. Yeah. I think what we're saying is that it was all right. Yeah. But it's a, there's very little to be said about it. I don't know. There is, yeah. <laughs> there's a, a big debate online, actually, about arachnophobia versus eight-legged freaks. Really? Yeah, lots of, uh, yeah, just random sites, if you look it up. I know Buddy Devin's a big fan. I oh, think yeah. it probably, if it hits you on the right day, you know. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It <laughs> is, know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to watch a movie about a small town getting overtaken by bugs, this yeah. is definitely one of those movies. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, personally, I would put my money to arachnophobia more than I would to this one. Agreed. But, uh, uh, yeah. The Jennings family has just moved to the small town of Kanaima. Oh, Ross, smell that air. Oh, God. In search of a simpler life. Want to blow up a bullfrog? Okay. It's the perfect place. Goodbye crime, goodbye grime. Except for one pesty little problem. 
Come with me and look at the web. The web? I have a terrible fear of spiders. Come on, we live in the country now. It's time to work through this irrational, paralyzing terror. It's not irrational. <laughs> Hollywood Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present Jeff Daniels. Honey, we're in the living room. around here that are very dangerous. Yeah, chill out. Just run. Oh! They spread out from a central nest in a web-like pattern and dominate the entire area. <laughs> when that happens, this town is dead. Better caught by private stock. Arachnophobia. Um, this is the first movie that was directed by Frank Marshall, and he also directed Alive, which is a movie I like, mm -hmm. which I think kind of classifies as a horror movie in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Great movie. This is much lighter in tone, yeah. but uh, the tone is kind of the big question mark of this movie. It's sort of presenting itself as sort of a Spielger Spielbergian fun <laughs> family uh, romp. But kind the of. body count is pretty high. For a and, fun family romp, yes it is. And the creep factor is yeah. actually quite high. Yeah. It's a PG movie, uh, and uh, it concerns uh, Jeff Daniels. He plays a Jeff doctor Daniels. who comes to a, a small town to sort of take over the, the small practice there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he brings with him a fear of spiders. He is yeah. our arachnophobe. And... Uh, he is punished for this fear because uh, he ends up hosting a spider uh, in his very home, unbeknownst to him, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, traveled all the way from, uh, what were they, in Brazil? Brazil, I think, yeah. Um, and it uh, made some babies with a local spider that uh, mm -hmm. had a short lifespan but were very, 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 very poisonous. Yes. And uh, they arrive about the same time he does. He gets a reputation for being a... Dr. Death, because everybody he talks to and everybody who lives close to him ends up dying under mysterious circumstances. Um, again, does this sound like a fun family movie? <laughs> um, but it is. I mean, yeah. I don't think I would watch this with my boys just yet. Um, yeah. But uh, there's nothing so violent in it as to make it, you know an R-rated movie, but the creep factor, I think actually of all of these movies, I think Fly has a bigger ick factor, yeah. but as far as like getting your feet up off the floor and that sort of insect scurry crawly thing, that's where arachnophobia really wins. They I did think. have some good camera shot. Uh, apparently the spiders they got were from New Zealand. Uh, yes. They're like a Almost like a crab-looking spider. Yes, and I did read that there were no spiders harmed in the making of this movie. Oh. Everybody was extremely careful with them. It really them. looked like John Goodman squished at least one of them. It did, it did, yeah. Uh, that was a mustard pack, I believe. Yeah. Yes, yeah, very nice. Be nice to the bugs. And apparently, yeah. although they look like little fast, mean biters they, they they don't tend to bite they they look mean but they were apparently fairly benign spiders mm -hmm. too. yeah um, and they yeah. would just like blow air at them to get them to run and, yeah 
That's yeah. all it took. And yeah, they apparently used uh, like uh, vibrating wires to keep them quarantined in a specific location, which right. I thought was also a very cool thing to do. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of scenes where you see spiders, but people don't. There's yeah. a spider on the bookcase, and they reach for a book. There's a spider in the bowl of popcorn, and they reach into the popcorn. There's a spider in the shoe, yeah. and it works every time. <laughs> <laughs> they are uh, intelligent creatures. Um, but then there's weird discordant things. I, I love me John Goodman as a mm-hmm. rule. I mean, he was Walter Solchek in, in The Big Lebowski. I mean, I love the man, and will always love the man <laughs> for that. Um He's weird in this movie because yeah. he seems to come from a completely different universe than everybody else. Yeah. I mean, much. it's hokey small town vibes. And of course, people don't be- want to believe or are unwilling to believe anything bad's going on for too long, as yeah. always happens in these types of movies. <laughs> but John Goodman really does seem to step in from a different movie entirely. He really does. <laughs> I really don't know does. if that's a good or bad thing. He definitely makes his presence felt. Um, yeah. <laughs> Given that it was a PG rating, I thought his character was quite suiting, but I would have liked to have seen less comic yeah. from John Goodman in this. It, like, the world sort of felt Spielbergian, like I said, whereas this yeah. felt more fantasy. This was like the, yeah. the world of like a, a kid's movie, like Mouse Hunt or something. <laughs> yeah, <with> the, exactly. <laughs> Christopher yeah. Walken as the exterminator. Nice. He would fit into that world more so into this one. Yeah. But, I don't begrudge his presence here necessarily. No, it's no. hard to really say anything bad about John Goodman because he's okay. so darn lovable. <laughs> but, uh, Just Teddy. Um, yeah. Maybe from a different movie. Maybe. And yeah. Jeff Daniels very rarely gets to be the star of a movie. He's yeah. sort of like yeah. a, a, a consummate good supporting player. Yeah. And uh, I thought he did well. I did he has, too. a, a mm. speech about being a toddler and a remembering a spider crawling up his leg when he was a That's baby right. and being paralyzed by it That's and right. sells the whole yeah. premise of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm taking over this review. What did you think? Good. Um, no, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, from a science perspective, I have good stuff and bad stuff. Okay. <laughs> uh, the good stuff, there are actually spiders out there that can kill a human pretty instantly with one bite. Yeah. Um, they're they're called bird hunters they're the size of your palm and they do actually seemingly fly through the forest they can jump an extremely long way and they're just brilliant little creatures love them i would hate to actually see one and uh, be attacked by one but uh they do exist and that does happen uh, Are they the, like one bite, one kill type creatures too? Because yeah. like I've heard that even really venomous snakes or snakes that have a reputation of being killers mm-hmm. typically tend to kill the very old and the very young. If you're a, a healthy person and you get hit by a certain snake, if they know what the snake was and they can get you some anti-venom, you got a good chance of surviving mm-hmm. Yeah, with some spiders it's like that, but there are some, like three seconds flat, you're dead. You're just done. Yeah, you're absolutely just immediately dead. It's a... Uh, it's kind of cool. <laughs> I kind of like that. Um, from the bad part, uh, science perspective, it's it's a virtual impossibility for two separate species to mate. Oh, really? That's why they are separate species. They can you can have varieties of a species that can mate together successfully, but two separate species will never ever be able to mate successfully and have offspring and viable offspring. Right. Impossible. 
I I don't know if it's an issue again. I'm not a professional, but Julian Sands is in this movie. He's yes. the, the blonde Euro yes. trash dude, right? Absolutely uh, Euro trash in every movie he's ever <laughs> been in. Yeah. Uh, I I kind of it's a small nitpicky thing, and it's a spoiler. There are a lot of people that get bitten by spiders in this movie, and he's mm-hmm. one of them. But he is uh, supposedly an expert on spiders, and I really thought like his death in the barn where he was like. He was, seemed like he was just walking to his death. Yes. He did everything wrong. He went in by himself and he yep. was narrating how, oh, yep. this is the good, perfect environment and uh, he could strike me at any moment. Wouldn't it be terrible if I was to be killed now? You know, it's like, it was really, you know, you knew what was coming. It took a while to get there. And I yeah. thought like this, that was the one character that, that came from the opening, uh, in Brazil or whatever, yeah. he came to help, you know, fight the fight. <laughs> yeah. If you compare it to the Jaws archetype, he was sort of the Hooper, the Richard Dreyfus character in yeah. Jaws. He was the professional. Yeah. And he went out like an amateur. I guess that kind of beefed me a little. Yeah, but uh, he also uh, was quite arrogant. <laughs> yeah. In the movie, so just desserts. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no tears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if it's good or bad, too, again, because it was a PG affair. A lot of people, like I said, die. We see a lot of bodies and a yeah. lot of people with spiders crawling on their faces with yeah. their eyes wide open. Um, but I, I, the deaths didn't really feel felt. They didn't have a lot of weight to them. No. Uh, it was still, you didn't want them to die or anything like that. You weren't cheering for the spiders, but uh, yeah. there was something, you know, they got tiny little bites. So it wasn't a particularly violent death. It was just... <laughs> Heart attack. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, I think it, it really worked. And I think well, your your roommate Claire, mm-hmm. when she heard that you were watching the movie, she was like, "No, <laughs> no, no dice." Yeah, no. The people who if there's this specific phobia of all the movies because the spiders are the most real in this one, right? They're not yeah. gigantic. Yeah. They're small. They could you could walk past them a dozen times and not yeah. notice them. And uh the idea that one of those could just nip you and end your life is also very cool very cool (laughs) yeah that's wicked but yeah i love me some more yeah i enjoyed that movie a lot i recommend that one So that was six movies. We, we've reviewed all six movies, so that means it's time. And our third episode for Karen Easy to Rank and Review, our bug movies. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this again. I think it was awesome. Awesome. Please, tell me, uh, what was your least favorite of these six movies, and why? Okay, I think uh, my least favorite has been painfully obvious, <laughs> given the rage that this movie brought out in me. Ah, uh, Bug. Bug was probably the worst movie I have ever, ever, ever seen. Wow. It was a horrible, horrible movie, and I was really angry at you for giving me this movie to begin with. And you still yeah. came, and you still do it, and I Yes, it. and it was the first movie of the bunch that I watched. <laughs> oh, started things off on the bad Yeah, note. bad foot to start off on. Okay, so yes. we do not recommend Bug. No, I would not... Uh, inflict this on anybody. (laughs) This is punishment right here. (laughs) Yes. 
yeah, I owe you one. I get it. All right, now, number five, then. Number five, um, I will have to go with Eight-Legged Freaks. Okay. Um, partly because of David Arquette. Uh, he cannot play the smoldering hero. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was not a Does not work as a romantic thing. lead or as an action hero. Yeah. Uh, and also because, I mean, spiders don't make noises like that. I'm sorry, they just don't. Shenanigans. Yes, yeah. But again, kudos for the use of pri- proper scientific nomenclature. I will give them that. Yes. Number four, um, I had a really hard time deciding four, three, and two. Okay. Um, I had a really difficult time, but I think I finally settled on infestation as number three. Um, third worst. Right. Or fourth best. Right. Um, yeah, that, yeah. It was a good movie, um, and I enjoyed it, but I like... My horror movies to be horror movies. Right. This was funny, and I laughed in places, and I did have a few jolts, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Really hard decision. I'm sticking with that. Okay. Okay. Uh, number four, um, and this again, yeah, really, really difficult, but I will give a number four spot to Arachnophobia. Um, that is because, um... Okay, and I'll just say uh, number two is Mimic, and only because I love the whole mimicry aspect. The concept is really strong. It is absolutely a fantastic idea. That's something that you really hadn't seen, to my knowledge, in horror movies before. Unless I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I I'm scared to even. I, I don't I don't recall it as a premise. No, me uh, neither. For any kind, I guess yeah. there's like different things that will blend into the environment or, or like a chameleon type of creatures yeah. we've encountered. But no, as to mimic humans to hunt them, I yeah. thought was a crazy good idea. Sweet. Um, and yeah, arachnophobia again. I really thoroughly enjoyed arachnophobia. Um, yeah, I don't know. I love that they use the real spiders, and I love how they controlled them. And I love that no spiders were harmed in the making. I thought that was their reputation was harmed, but that's about all. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And yeah, okay. So um, that was number four, and mimic. Yes, uh, no, that was number three. That was number three. Mimic (laughs) number two, Um, and yeah, it it all has to do with the premise behind the movie and. biocontrol which i think is a is a very cool thing and it's something that's actually happening and actually being researched and genetic manipulation i do a lot of genetics in my work which i love genetics anything like that and speaking of genetics (laughs) my top one is absolutely without a doubt uh the fly i thought that was an amazing movie there were and it, it, like you said, it is held up so extremely well. Yeah. It was still gross, icky still fun. <laughs> and psychological at the same time, which, you know, it's either, it's usually either one or the other. You get the psychological without the ick, right. or you get so much ick that you can't watch it. Right. Um, and no psychological. And this had a really great mix of both. And I thought it was very much ahead of the time. For so, when it was made, it was great. 
And for now, it's great. It's a great movie. So, Karen, if I understand you, you have ranked no, six is Bug, yep. five is Eight-Legged Freaks, yep. four would be Infestation, yep. three Arachnophobia, yep. two Mimic, uh-huh. and one The Fly. Yes. Karen, congratulations. You are the first person... Really, really? To ever match yeah. bang for bang, beat for beat, <laughs> every movie on the list in the ranking review with me. That is we fantastic. We are kindred bug movie spirits. <laughs> that and is that fantastic. is freaking awesome. Yay. Uh, and you are getting a prize. I gave Yay. it to you. Uh, the yes. Me- Memoirs of the Invisible World, is it called? Yeah. By Colton Mathers. The Wonders, Wonders of the Invisible, of the Invisible World. World. The Trials of the Witches by Cotton Mather. That is See, awesome. I, I, it sounds like a book that I've read because it is, even though I got the name and the author wrong. Uh, yeah, so you you can read that. It's done in its old, old-timey English sounding, but uh, yes. you will know how to try a witch and have her hung or burned. And successfully hunt. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, Life laundry. It's a little interesting piece of history. Yes. Uh, and yeah. uh, I hope you enjoyed and congratulations. Thank this you. is a truly historic moment. I'm Episode a happy three, girl. six for six. <laughs> I am I I am speechless. <laughs> Beat that podcasters. <laughs>Okay, so it's time for the third ever Jerry Awards. Jerry, the Jerry's. Jerry. Jerry's. All right. Uh, first, and importantly, yep. I'll give you the nominations. You get the win. These Jerry's are yours. Okay. Um, we both contributed to the nominations, but, but you make the call. Okay. The best performance of all six of these movies. Was it the dreamy and quirky Jeff Goldblum in The Fly? <laughs> the less dreamy, but... Uh, you know, very talented Jeff Daniels from Arachnophobia, or everybody's favorite crazy tooth pulling sociopath Michael Shannon from your favorite movie, Bug. <laughs> Who gave the best performance? I will go with Jeff Goldblum. Very nice. Jeff Goldblum winning his first Jerry. Congratulations, Jerry. Jeff. Yay, Jeff. <laughs> okay, I've got a special section uh, for. Greatest ick moments. Okay. The the Jerry's. This is a historic moment in Jerry's. This has never happened before. Who knows if it will happen again. But all of the ick moments come from the same movie. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, Jeff Goldblum losing fingernails in The Fly. Ick. Ick. The uh, vengeful fly taking the hand and foot off of an adversary in the third act. Ick. The attempted uh, teleportation of the chimp, resulting in ick. Skinless. And the deeply troubling dream sequence where Gina Davis imagines what it would be like to give birth to the fly. And uh, the doctor, who's coincidentally played by David Cronenberg himself, pulls this writhing maggot from her body. Which I just will say was shaped as a fly larva would be shaped. Wow, see? I was impressed by that. Yeah. I was really horrified by that. Like, this is another one of those movies that I saw way too young, <laughs> and you that go. really fucked me uh, up. Yeah, I bet. So I might go that way with the Jerry's, but this is not my Jerry. Mm-hmm. This is your Jerry. So of those icky fly moments, what wins the Jerry for ickiest moment? Again, I enjoy the subtleties. Right. 
But Jeff Goldblum in the bathroom pulling off his own fingernails. I'm sorry, that was beyond icky. And I that was the only point in the movie where I had no choice, but I had to look away. Yeah. I could not handle that. It's a real testament to this movie, I oh think. My God, and that's yeah. the reason why all of the Ick nominations come from that movie. I didn't name Absolutely. all of them. They, like, there's the, the <laughs> arm wrestling, that little arm wrestling. Oh, yeah, that was incident. great, too. That was great, too. There is so much yeah. horrendous shit in this movie, and yeah. I say that so loving. Uh-huh. <laughs> all yes, right. Definitely the fingernail. Um, best death of these six movies. Okay. Um, spoilers. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Ashley Judd, probably probably your most welcome death of the, uh, for lighting herself on fire. Uh, Charles S. Dutton in Mimic, who's a security guard who bravely uh, led the bugs away to give That's our right. heroes a chance to save the day. Yeah, and uh, also from Mimic, uh, Josh Brolin, we, uh, he was so close to safety and climbing a made a stack of garbage to try and climb out of that hole to safety but just at that last second ah not quite those were my three nominees for best deaths of the these movies what would you who would you give it to i would have to give it to the security guard yeah charles s Dutton. yeah yes congratulations he's now he can now proudly say he's a jerry award-winning actor (laughs) go charlie Um, WTF moment. What the fuck? Yes. Um, the yappy dog being bugified <laughs> in infestation. Worst nightmare ever. Um, Tom Noonan sucking at dealing with spiders in Eight-Legged Freaks. Yes. He introduces us to all the spiders. He knows everything about them except for how to keep them where they need to be. Um... Also from Eight-Legged Freaks, uh, David Arquette's aunt being somehow bizarrely saved by the fact that she was a cigarette smoker. And I uh, included the scene in Mimic where our characters cover themselves in bug guts in order to disguise themselves and uh, try and uh, avoid being uh, found by the other bugs. Right. That was pretty icky. That was icky? But? Well, this is what the I will fuck. give it this to them. That was a smart move. Yeah. Just like in The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah. Cover yourself Walking with Dead, their they stench. They put some zombie guts on Smart. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, only because I kind of hate little dogs. <laughs> <laughs> like, the little yappy things, you kind of just... I wouldn't really do it, but you kind of just want to kick them. Right. So, um, that turning into a giant, really tall thing that you can't quite reach to, like, smack or whatever. Right. I'll give it that. The dog. WTF moment. <laughs> yes. All right, we've got one more. And, okay. Uh, and this goes for the best bug of all of these six movies. Yes. Best performance by a bug. Favorite <laughs> bug. Uh, as, as our professional, as the bug master. As the bug master. I must know. What was your favorite bug and why? My favorite bug, absolutely, hands down, the mimic bug. Yeah. Good move. Really good strategy to kill humans. Yeah. Look like them, disguise themselves as a trench coat. Yeah. That is awesome. That is, yeah, that's 
part of the reason why I love bugs. Yeah, um, they did make some direct-to-video sequels to Mimic. I have not seen them, really? but by all accounts, they're kind of derivative creature features. Mm. Um, well, maybe they are. Maybe if you're curious, I'll try it and get my hands to them because, uh, you know, with your expertise, maybe we can see. I do like the idea, like you say, of them being right there in front of everyone and people yeah. walking by them and not seeing them. Exactly. And they could have done more with that. Most of Mimic takes place underground. Yeah. And uh, it would be cool to see a movie like this where they're up in the streets. Exactly. Well, it was up in the street for a little bit. Yes. And lurking in the shadows and looking like a human with a trench coat. <laughs> That's wicked. K2, thank you so much my for being pleasure. in my podcast. And you are welcome, welcome, welcome to return the first ever person to go six <laughs> for six in Rank and Score. Review. You are the Rank and Review champion. I am. You can wear that proudly. Beat that. <laughs> well, that's going to about do it for episode three of Rank and Review. I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone for listening. If you do want to write me, you can do so at rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. And yeah, if you have anything to say, good or bad, please, by all means, drop me a line. I'm, I'm glad to hear someone's out there listening. Until next time, this was Ranking Review.